Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper, a series of interviews with financial consultants and industry experts helping financial advisors strategize, market, and grow their business using core fitness values and analogies. Do something today that your future self will thank you for with Get Advisor Fit. Here's your host, Olivia Looper. Hey guys, welcome back to Get Advisor Fit, where we use fitness principles to talk about financial advisor marketing. Today, I have with me a very special friend of mine because he is the reason this podcast exists, period, Dan Marino of Orange Line Media. Yes, like the football player. No, he's not from Florida. He's actually from Philly where he and his wife run a online digital marketing media group. So we'll get into more of that in a second, but let me tell you how I know Dan. Um, one of my advisor clients was doing a podcast and he interviews entrepreneurs. He had me on and said, Hey, uh, Olivia, I want you to be on my podcast. And I said, I love it. I'm doing it. And I reached out to Dan immediately and said, Dan, I want to do a podcast. And he said, okay, let's do it. And the only reason that I had the confidence to start a podcast is because this guy right here guided me through the entire process. And I knew that he was going to make it work. So, Dan, I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Olivia. It's so funny that I have produced and edited probably, I don't know, 750 shows now. And this is the first show that I'm actually going to be on. So that's kind of funny. So thanks for having me on. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's so funny because I was like, I really need to get some guests lined up. And I was like, oh. I should just talk to Dan. Of course. Why wouldn't I? You're in marketing. I'm in marketing. I like to have, you know, smart marketing people on the show. So it made complete sense. And I'm glad you're here. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your company um, that uh, makes this all possible? Yeah. So uh, we started Orange Line Media Group probably in 2018 or 2017, my wife and I. Uh, But it started off a little bit before then. It probably started off around 2015 or 2014. I'm not even even sure. It's been a while now. Uh, And I kind of started the business on my own while my wife had a full-time job and was able to hold down the, you know, all the bills and everything we had to take care of. Um, And you know, one thing led to another. And here we are in 2022, we made it through the pandemic. And we at Orange Line Media Group, we're a media company, we create content for our, for all of our clients. Um, And it can be anywhere from website, website design and development, and then all the content that goes onto the website, whether it's copy, photography, videography, we do video production, we do a lot of podcasts for our clients. Um, anything for graphic design. And then once we get everything off the ground, then we'll go ahead and do marketing for them if our client, you know, needs that help from us. So we really feel like a large gap from anywhere from, you know, just working on existing websites for our clients to building a brand new website from the ground up, creating the logo, all the branding, uh, you know, everything that the client needs to run a business, not just online, but even if it's some sort of digital or I'm sorry, a printable uh, materials as well. Okay. Yeah. No, I know you do. You guys do a lot over there, which I think is convenient because you get to know the client and you can, you know, from building their website and helping them with their messaging to, you know, their ongoing marketing, 
they can come to you for everything, graphics, um, you know, verbal content, video, podcasts, all kinds of things. Um, so are most of your clients um, local or are most of your client or do you have people all over the place? You know, it started out locally. Uh, it really was just me by myself, just going out there, getting clients all my own. And yeah, everything was local at first. And now I would say it's like a 50-50 split. We have quite a few clients uh, in Philly, the surrounding area of Philadelphia, and then throughout the whole country. And even uh, we did some business in Canada and we did some business in Norway. Uh, yeah, we get to fly to different places on pretty cool video shoots. I'm actually going down to Texas to help a dental client of mine uh, next week in Clear Lakes, Texas. So yeah, California, we have clients all over the country. Yeah, I remember talking to you one day and you're like, I'm like in the mountains and I had to drive. I'm sitting in my car. I had to drive like 10 miles into town so that I could actually get service enough to talk to you. And I was like, you're so funny. You're like a vagabond, like nomad, just roaming all around doing your your stuff. And it was so funny. But yeah, um, we, we do. We do travel a lot. And that that's one of the benefits when we don't you know, we can line up our work. And if we don't have any type of in-person meeting or in-person um, video shoots or photography shoots, we can just travel. And the problem is chasing internet. And, and we did that for two years. We actually purchased an RV, traveled most of the country for almost two years, wow. right, right before the pandemic we started and did it through the pandemic. Uh, and we found our new home in the process. So it's, it's really great being an entrepreneur and being able to, you know, work with clients who you want to work with and helping them achieve their goals. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into that a little bit because I know that's why people come here. They want to know how they can grow their business. They want to get tips. They want to get tricks, things like that. So first, I know that you you do a lot more than podcasting, but because um, this was sort of what I wanted to focus on today, I'm going to ask you some questions about the podcasting, and then I think that it's going to evolve into a bigger marketing conversation. Um, so the one thing that I'm curious about because I'm a service provider, you're a service provider. My my audience, financial advisors or service providers, do you think that there's a distinct benefit to podcasting for service providers versus other types of business owners? Meaning like, you know, I guess people who sell products? I mean, I think, you know, I think in marketing overall and podcast specifically, if you don't know your targeted audience and who you're speaking to, and, um, you know, you're not going to put that 100% into making sure that your content and what you're putting out there is something that's going to be helpful to others. Uh, don't do it. That's my suggestion. Just don't do it because a lot of people will come in here and just half-ass it. And then they want results. And then you're like, well, you know, you're not consistent. You're not getting the right guests. And you're not, you don't even really know who your targeted audience is. And I think when you do know the targeted audience and you know your message, you know what it is that you're trying to get across, uh, I think in any industry, podcasting, video casting, uh, marketing overall, and being able to recycle and repurpose all the content that you spend money and time to create, it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue to pay off you know, uh, in the years to come. It's like slow. It's like the slow burn, right? It just takes a long time to get there because it's organic, but at the end, uh, you'll definitely reap all the benefits. Yeah. So that was actually, you said repurposing content, which I'm always harping on on the show. 
And that was one of the reasons that I wanted to start a podcast and why I encourage my advisors to do things like webinars or podcasts where they are going to get basically big chunks of content created that they can pull from later. So, and I, I must confess it's on my to-do list right now to go back into my own content and pull clips for promotion and social media to share with everybody, um, you know, the best of the best. So I can put it out there, not just to get people to go to the podcast, but to share the amazing information that I'm actually like getting from the people on the show. So that's like a big point that I'm always trying to drive home is that these investments in digital marketing can be reused and repurposed, whether it's an article, whether it's a podcast, whether it's, you know, the, like a webinar event that you do and you record it and then you make little snippets of it later. Like there's just so many different ways to repurpose your content. So it's not just like a one and done. It should be something that you can use for a long time in the future. So it really is an investment. And like you said, it's a long game. It's not a overnight success, especially because our organic reach is so limited right now you really have to be super consistent in order to gain any traction. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think one of the challenges that everyone faces when it comes to creating all these digital assets and then repurposing them, it's like a twofold thing. It's like one, if you don't think about it ahead of time and have a plan and mapped out and say, hey, I'm going to create this content. And then when I create this content, while I take the time to create this content, I'm going to use it on all these different outlets, social media, print marketing, whether you're doing any type of you know, Google ads, uh, any anything really, any way you want to use it. If you even think about it ahead of time, before you actually sit down and hit the record button, or before you start writing, if you think ahead of time, how are you going to repurpose it? It may help you like in that process, you take a moment, you say, okay, now I'm going to take another take or write another paragraph so I can use it here. Because once you're in that moment, it's kind of easy to kind of keep working it to step away and come back three days later, a next day, two months later, everything kind of changes and you're just spinning wheels and wasting time. So knowing who your audience is ahead of time and know why, knowing why you're creating that content and how you're going to repurpose it ahead of time is great. The second part is, well, now you have all this content. I'm sure you, you're up to like episode 15 or 16 right now. Where is all that content? Are you organized with your content? Do you know what you talked about? Did you take notes during your stuff, you know, during your show or, you know, whatever it is that you were doing so that you can go back and reference it and say, oh, next year, this a year later, oh, we just had this conversation. I can pull this clip out of episode 12, episode nine, and then repurpose it some way. Uh, also, photos are a really great way to repurpose things. Sometimes people don't even realize like you're doing a show and then it's a little different with podcasts and video casts. But when you're doing certain things, like you can, it's amazing how you can repurpose a photo uh, and use that many times. Yeah. So, well, okay. So give us an example. Well, I guess an example of repurposing a photo would be, you know, a lot of the clients that we work with um, <clears throat> will go in and do photos specifically, you know, of the team, of their organization, of their office, of their team, of themselves at work, right? And then we have, you know, a whole photo shoot of that that we generally use for their website. Yeah. Now, when we pick out all the photos that we use, we'll take hundreds of photos at a minimum. 
we're only going to use a fraction of those photos. But we always deliver all those photos to our clients, even the ones that we don't use. Client never goes through them. Client just accepts the ones that you chose for them or that you selected together, and then they're out there. So let's go ahead and take that photo shoot from that day and go through all the ones that we didn't take. And sometimes it also happens where you take a photo, you use it on your website, you have that same photo, but then it's like, well, if I crop this photo differently, if I color this photo differently, uh, I can be using it somewhere else, not just um, for the same exact service. You can take that photo and repurpose it uh, all, all over the place from social media yeah. to no, we do marketing. This. Yeah, no. So we do this all the time too. You know, I actually, if I have an advisor that comes to me and they just have headshots, I'm like, listen, people want to see your face. If you're not willing to like make videos, which I know is a big commitment for a lot of people. Yeah, then that is a big commitment for a lot of people. Need to at least have photos of your non-headshot photos of you in some semi-professional or professional capacity. Please spend a few hundred dollars or, you know, I guess depends on the size of your team, but go spend, a, you know, put an investment in a photo shoot half a day. They'll come to the office take pictures of you, some candid, some smiling, some holding your coffee cup, writing on the whiteboard, whatever. Give me some material that I can use to put in to your social media graphics, into your marketing collateral that we're creating, whether it's print or digital. Um, so yeah, the photos are a big thing. I feel like, especially now that personalization is like, especially within the financial advisor space, it's super, super hard for financial advisors to differentiate themselves and psychology says that we always are trying to get people to just go take some pics man you don't have to it's so important i think it's so important a lot of people miss that part they're like okay they're just photos we'll just use stock photos well that really doesn't represent you you're going to get just lost in the mix with everyone else you know the whole idea is having a website and having good photos and having good video and having good content is you know in today's day and age your website's your storefront it's, you know, it's almost like, you know, if you don't have a website and you have a business, well, how do you get validated? So forget about organically being found on a Google search. Let's say you have terrible search engine optimization and you, you have a new website and you're just getting started off and you just hand someone a business card. Okay, here's my business card. Come check me out. You've convinced them that you're the person that's going to manage their finances, right? Then you give them a business card and they go to your website or they do a Google search on you and they don't see much out there. And if they do see what you think, right? This is one of the struggles I have with a lot of clients is everyone has a different standard, right? And you try and raise them to whatever your standard is. So going back to taking photos, it's like with headshots and, and you know, with today's technology, you can get a new iPhone, you can get some really decent headshots to start off. You don't even need to hire a photographer, but make sure the lighting's right. Make sure that there's not, you know, crazy stuff going on in the background. The more professional your photos look, the more professional your videos look, the more professional your website looks, well, then your client's going to believe that you're a professional. Hopefully you are. Yes. I mean, we're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, but that is what we do. It's just the fact of the matter. When somebody goes to your website, if you have broken links, if you're if it looks like it was made in the 90s, you need to get on the train of getting a new website pronto. I mean, this past six months, I finally got on one of my oldest clients and I said, listen, 
I can no longer take responsibility for, and don't get me wrong, their conversion was like 0. 0.25, 0.025 mm-hmm. or something like less than I wanted it to be. So we weren't really that far off from like what the goal was. But I was like, listen, it's not getting any better. The traffic is increasing to your website. We're pushing people there, but we're not getting the conversions we want. And I can no longer take responsibility for that if you're not willing to get a new website because this website just sucks. Yeah. I mean, there's too many words. There's The navigation is terrible. There's too many options. People don't know where to go. It's very unclear what you do. It looks like you're six different firms rolled into one. I mean, the website is so, so important. It's extremely important. And there's so many things that you could do on your own without hiring a developer, without you know, spending any money, there's free things out there that you tools that you can use that are really going to help you be found. But if you don't put the time and the effort and have a decent standard, you know, you're just going to get, you know, they're going to swipe the other way. They're not going to sit there and want to do business with you. I had the same trouble with my clients, not, I don't want to say all, but some clients will come to me and they'll be like, hey, we're, we want to do marketing. We want to get new clients in the door, whether they're in healthcare, whether whatever industry they're in. And then I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about it. And then I go to their website and I tell them, I'm saying, listen, um, I would love to do business with you and I would love to get more patients in the door for you. But your website, it's working against the green here. Like you're going to say, and I had a client recently and uh, not even eight months ago, they, they call me, they, they did the same as I think they want to start getting new patients in doors, a dentist. And I'm like, okay, great. And then I could dive in, you know, I always do an assessment of what they have out there. I think you had someone on your show recently that, that called it. Um, oh, I forget how he titled it, but basically, you know, they go in and they do a Google search and they see what's in, in their ecosystem. I think he said yeah, yeah, ecosystem. I say infrastructure. It was Corey. He says, Corey, that's it. Yeah. And and it makes sense, right? So that's what I did. I think naturally that's what we all do in this. And if we're marketers, right? Let's see what we're working with. And, and recall, I that's exactly what I do is go look at everything that they have out there and try to see for myself who is this person? What can I learn from them? And you know, it's pretty clear from that. And you and you put yourself in that position of potentially hiring that individual for for whatever it is that they're doing. And you're like, oh my gosh, I would never hire them. And I said to this specific dentist, and I said, listen, I really want to do business with you, but I can't. I can't do it now because I'm not going to take your money, put it into these ads, and they're going to burn up and we're not going to have any traction. Because when people come to your website, it's terrible. It doesn't even load fast. I mean, there's there, this particular website was really bad. And we built a new website for him. We just started marketing for him. Fast, fast, fast forward eight months later. And I think that's a lot of people that don't realize that you know, just because you want to, you have a budget and you're ready to put it towards marketing. Um, that's not your first step. That's really not your first step. I agree. 100% marketing is not the first step. You have to have the infrastructure in place. So I would like to ask you, let's, let's, we both agreed in this conversation that the website is the place to start. So what are the top five most egregious errors that you see on websites that actually make the website work against the client. Maybe load speed. Maybe that's one. That's a huge one because like, you know, not everyone has patience and I think they don't realize, you know, you got to keep your website up to date. And if you're even have an older website on a newer server, 
that's working against you. Um, but I do think some of the biggest things, right? The biggest things is broken pages. Like you'll hit a contact page and it an error, a 404 error, or, you know, oh, that's our old phone number. Well, no way. You serious? When's the last time? When did you change that phone number? And it's like six years ago. Well, no wonder you're not getting any phone calls, right? I think some of those things are the biggest, that is number one, where they don't have their contact information, right? Number two, their messaging is all wrong. I think that's a really big one, right? Because you go to a website and you're confused on what it is that they're doing or what the services that they're offering. Um, who's going to hang out there? Um, what's another big one that I see most most problems with? Oh, a, a lot of problems most people don't even realize is they won't even have a secure website. And today's day and age, if you don't have a secure website, it's just a it's just a. a a certificate that you have to have installed. It's not a big deal. It's not hard. It's just that um, if you're not aware of it, if you go up and you look at your website and you go to the URL, whether you're on Fox, Chrome, Safari, anything, and you're looking in the URL, there's always now they'll have like a little green padlock in, in the corner. Check on your website. You, you, you should have one. If you don't have one, that's, that's one of the top five things that people don't realize. There's so many things that people do wrong. Like in my, from my perspective and what I do, lead collection is essential. So for me, I always want to make sure that, well, for advisors specifically, the ability to schedule a call on the website, not fill out a contact us form, actually click on a schedule a call, pick a time on the calendar. And they, even if it's just a phone call with your receptionist, who's going to vet them and see if they're qualified. They need to be able to schedule time with you when they feel like it strike when the iron is hot, but I do still have pushback on this in some areas. Well, we don't do that. We don't do that. I said, okay, but you do realize that this helps. This is a, a major conversion point for financial advisor websites. You're opting out of that. So you are limiting you are saying you're okay with de decreased conversions. Okay, fine. You know, some advisors, you just, you can lead them to water, but. It's tough. Well, some people, they don't, they, you, you, they hire you to educate them and to do the work and to convert, right? To get leads for them, to get qualified leads. Uh, and they don't want to listen to your suggestions or they're just bullheaded for whatever reason, right? It really sucks because now that goes against your performance, right? Well, that's why with the website, I had to draw the line and say, I can no longer take responsibility because this website is too old and outdated. It's not following any of the, you know, it's like up to par, like by it's like 40% of where, you know, it's at 40% when I know that the suggestions I'm telling you would take it to hundred. So if you're not willing to invest in a new website, then I can no longer take responsibility for the conversion that you're getting from it. So and, the, so and that's a tough conversation to have, right? Because now it's like you, they, they're, they're like, well, I don't want to do it. And you're saying, you're saying, I'm gonna, I can continue to help you, but you're literally, you're not working with yourself here. You're, 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 you're in your own way. Like you got to move aside and let me do my work. I mean, um, luckily with this client, it worked out, you know, we don't always get so lucky. But. <laughs> the other couple of things that I want to say that people's websites that are probably in the top five, I think I mentioned three, some, some of the things are like, in their header on their individual pages, they are have the wrong information. 
because a lot of times their website, because it sucks, it sucks for a reason. Either someone built it incorrectly or someone just copied another website and tried to enter your information into it, or they just weren't good at what they were doing. And that's that's a huge problem where if you're offering you know financial services and your website inside of your you know core of how it's structured and who you are in your schema saying that you're an auto mechanic, well, guess what? That's not gonna work for you. Um, and then another another big thing that happens a lot is that when I go onto a website and I check it out, they're not they're not mobile friendly. Even if they are set up in a responsive theme, the person that built it or whatever, it's just broken. The, there's no flow. All of a sudden, it may look good on your computer or vice versa. It may look good on your phone. Then you go to the computer or something's jacked or the sizing of the images or the photos. Uh, and that's 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 really the top five things. And one of the things that we do, and it's not, not for everyone because not everyone wants this, but every time we build a website for our clients, we use a specific theme that's um, scalable and completely customizable, and that's always being updated by the developers. We use this theme because we're actually friends with, I know the people that develop the theme is a very common, successful theme out there. And we educate our clients on how to run their own website if they want to, right? We always bake in a few hours of education on how to add pages, remove pages, create forms, you know, add or remove videos or photos, anything that you're trying to do on a basic level. A lot of clients take us up on that offer because they don't want to have to rely on someone else to come in there and change the hours of their operations if they're changing them every couple months for whatever reason. Exactly. I think that's a big thing that we offer that people really enjoy, uh, the people that want to do the work. A lot of people just want to be hands off too. They're like, hey, I don't want anything to do it. Just do it for me. Yeah, no. And I say, I see both sides of the fence for that too. So now that we've identified the five most, most terrible things that you can, you know, the thing, five things that work against you on your website, let's give them a few things that maybe they can do to their website today to make it better. Like it, when you think of like the three, you know, most important things for an advisor to have, or, you know, I guess any financial service or any service provider, <laughs> let's get really broad because you don't work just, just financial advisors, but service providers in mind, what are three things that they should look for on their own website today to make sure, you know, that they're sort of on the right path? Yeah, I think there's three things right out the gate. One, make sure your website's secure. Get that SSL certificate installed. If it's not, it's more common than you think they expire. And if you're not on top of it and you're not paying for it or your credit card expired, that's, you know, that you pay for that service, that's gone. So take care of your SSL certificate, go to your website in the URL bar where you type in your website, the URL. Once you go to your website, make sure that little green padlock's there and it says secure. If it says unsecure, contact your hosting provider and get that taken care of. Uh, the next thing you should make sure is that uh, there's no broken links on your website. So if you're linking to your Facebook page and it's taking you to just facebook.com and not your Facebook page itself, fix it. And that goes for every link, all your phone numbers, your email address. A lot of people don't realize that updates happen automatically on some hosting companies and it might just mess up your contact form. Test your contact form, use it. Go there, go to contact, fill out the form and make sure you receive it in your inbox. That'd be the number two thing. Make sure all the links are there. And if the links are broken, fix them. 
Um, I guess the third thing, the third most important thing would be, oh man, there's just so many. I have things I want to say, but I don't want to put people in the position where they get out there and they listen to what I, they take this advice and it blows up their website. Um, but I was going to say like, make sure your website is all up to date and current and you're on the most current version of all the software that's out there. Uh, the PHP versions, if you're using anything like Drupal or, or WordPress, uh, there's just, there's just so many things that you could do. But, um, one other thing you can do is if you go to your website, make sure you don't have any errors. This is one thing you don't know. Uh, that even if you're using like Calendly or if you're using any type of third-party plugin on your website, sometimes it may be working, but there's some sort of conflict. If you use Chrome or Firefox, just go to your website, right-click anywhere on your website and just click inspect and then go to console on the separate tabs and it'll report any errors you might have. Those are types of, I wouldn't say that's the biggest thing, but that's definitely one of the things that kind of can hold you back on getting new leads and being found organically. Okay. No, that's all really good information. See, it's funny because when I asked you that question, I'm thinking of like marketing, right? And you're thinking of the things that I don't typically think about, which is good. So, you know, I learned so much having these conversations about like the technical side of the website, you know, and things that I am not used to looking for because I don't build websites, but, um, but are imperative to like, make sure now I want to go check my website and make sure that everything is up to snuff there. Um, <laughs> and if you have a friend who tells you your link is broken on your website, that's a true friend. It's like telling someone they have broccoli in their teeth. So if you go to my website and there's my contact form doesn't work or you find a missing link, feel free to tell me because I will be glad that you did. Um, it's funny, my mother-in-law told me, she goes, one time, you know, I saw you had a, a typo on Facebook and I thought, should I tell her? Or will she be offended? I said, no, you should definitely tell me. Absolutely. Let me know, please. Yes. Yeah, so you know, I'll put my best foot forward. If you catch it, it means other people are catching it. And I need to make sure I fix it. So um, this is, I mean, this uh, is really helpful information, I think, for everybody listening. Um, and I think that one of the questions that I just want to touch on, I know that we are getting close to our time, but um we, you and I are always talking about, you know, ways that I can make the most of the podcast that of this podcast, the one that you helped me create. And, you know, you're saying make sure that you link to other sites um, for SEO, make sure you're sending your promo emails, asking guests to post back to their site and link back to yours. Maybe just can you underscore for our listeners the importance of having like Whatever piece of marketing you're doing, whether it's podcasting or emailing or social media, be a larger part, of, a part of a larger plan instead of like a hodgepodge mix of things. Yeah. Well, you know, the web is a web. It's the World Wide Web. Just think of it as a spider web. And, you know, links are real important to put on your website to link out to, but it's also very important to get links back to your website. It might even be more important. And you want to get those links back from, from reputable websites, from rep websites that uh, are higher ranking website linking back to you is going to be huge. Like if you do something and you're in the local magazine or a local newspaper and, you know, they have a website and they get 100,000 views a month, 
Well, if you advertised with them and you paid to get on their website to do some advertising for anything, well, have them link back to your website. And with everything you do, if you if you if someone does a story on you or a story on your business, ask them. Don't be shy. Just say, hey, can you put a link back to my website? Because that's, that's really going to help you out. But going back to the podcast and specifically speaking about the podcast, uh, one of the things that I don't think I ever mentioned to you, and maybe we could talk about it right now on the show and everyone else can hear about it, is make sure you get reviews, just like you would do with your Google, Facebook, Yelp, everything else with your podcast. Ask, hey, can you write a review for me on whichever streaming platform you like to listen to? That's a big one, right? Everyone wants good reviews. Remember, Google's job is to provide their users who are searching for information with the most accurate information and the most reliable information to that specific search. So when people are commenting positively on your content, well, then that lets Google know that, hey, you know, they're doing something good. Let's let's give let's put them in the queue. Another thing is on your web pages, and I'm not even sure if you do this, but like for every podcast, every podcast that you put out should have its own individual page for that podcast with links to all the outlets that you're on. And I think you're on Spotify, you're on Google Play, you're on iTunes, you're on SoundCloud. Uh, I'm not sure what else. I think that's where we're at with the work that I do for you. And I would link back to your specific page and put their little logo on there on your website. So like have a couple of logos, uh, you know, for each one and it links back to your page. I think that's really good. And then another thing, if you really want to take your search engine optimization to another level, this does require time, but nothing, you know, comes easy. Nothing comes without an effort. If you could transcribe all of your shows and then put that copy on your website, just think about how many words that's going to be. It's going to be thousands of words. You're doing like 45 minute shows and you can use something simple like uh, Google Docs. Google Docs does it and it'll type it out for you. Free, free. You could do it. Now, the problem is it's not perfect like any voice recognition software and you would have to go back. But if you were to put a transcription of your show with each show page, now you just, well, you're at episode 15, you have like 15 more pages with all that content and everything you talked about is financial, is in the financial advisor space. So all those words and all those keywords are going to get picked up in addition to your show, you know, and on, and then specifically for you, you do a podcast and a video cast. So you also have it on YouTube. So put a link to YouTube, maybe put your video on there on that same page and your individual show from SoundCloud. Right. So you actually told me this last week, I think, because the way that I was doing it was that I was putting them all on one page, like sort of like a video blog page, but they didn't have their each own of their individual pages. David's going to kill me, but this definitely needs to be added to the project list, which would be building out an individual page for each episode, getting the transcription there. And then even I'm thinking using the transcription as a blog as well so that uh-huh. if they go to the blog versus the podcast page or the podcast page for you know what i mean or, that intro link there yeah and you can even get just don't put the transcription on the podcast page you could just put the show notes we have show notes that we create for you every week or every other week put the show notes there but maybe some other information maybe a picture of your guest or maybe a bio of your guest always link back to your guest's website And remember, ask your guests to link back to your website. Yes. There's always room for improvement with everything we do, right? But when it comes to the World Wide Web, 
everyone. I mean, I know I, I, I'm lacking on the build of our website. I'm constantly working on everyone else's projects that I really just put my projects on the side. Uh, but you know, so far it's been, it's been okay for us. Yeah. And on the note of getting your guests to link back to your website, what I have found is really helpful for clients of mine and also myself is sending them any of the promotional materials that I make afterwards, you know, Hey, your episode is going live today. Here is the link to YouTube. Here's the links for all of the, you know, podcast platforms. These are all my handles. Please tag me in them. You know, when you share with your community and some people just ignore it and don't do anything with it. Um, which, you know, so when you go post it to your social media, you need to make sure that you tag them. And that usually kind of prompts them to do something with it. But in other cases, I've had people write back and say, oh my gosh, thank you so much for this. This is perfect. And then the day that the episode goes live, they're, all they have to do is copy and paste your handles, write their little caption, share the, the link. And it's for them. It, I mean, it's really like, it's free promotion. It's free uh, social media posts. I mean, um, some people are really super helpful about it. Um, so just, you know, making that part of your process, you know, please share on social media. Here's swipe copy that all you have to do is copy and paste this into your email to send it to your email list. And even, hey, please don't forget, you know, if you post your website, linking back to my website would be super helpful. And, um, you know, just making this part of your process for, for the podcast. So yeah, making it part of the process is definitely key. It making it part of, and even in the financial advisor space, right? If you're a financial advisor and you're listening to this and you're like, well, well, how does some of this apply to me? I think all of it applies to you, right? But there are other things that we could do in our process that can help. Well, a simple one is as a financial advisor, get reviews. Do you have a Google business page? And I know that you've talked about this in the past. It's free. Be on top of it. Interact with it. You can put posts on there. And if you have a happy client, don't open Pandora's box and ask a client that's kind of unhappy with your services to give you a review, but you know, don't be shy. Just ask them to give you, you know, a review. And another thing you could do with your reviews, whether it's Facebook or Yelp, actually, I don't think Yelp does it anymore, but Facebook and, and uh, Google, you can tie into their API and display the reviews you have posted publicly on Facebook and on your Google business listing, and they'll display within your website. Because there's one thing about websites that I don't like, and I tell this to all the clients that I have had in the past. If you have a page that says testimonials, or if you have a page that says reviews, and it's not a certified, verified, you know, user that's putting it out there, and it's just information like any, you're just creating, anyone could write anything they want and say, Joe Schmo, you know, wrote all this wonderful, said all these wonderful things about me. It doesn't really validate anything. Yeah, you, there's a level of, okay, was this fabricated or not? But when you when it's coming directly from the person who wrote it directly in Google, it gives that credibility. It totally does. And you can actually click on their profile and see all the other reviews that they wrote and see that it's a real person and that they interacted with you and your business and had a good or negative experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's definitely something that wasn't, didn't used to be allowed when I first started my business for financial advisors. Um, that was a no-no. You couldn't have people do that. Um, it was like in the past year and a half that that became legal per like SEC compliance guidelines or whatever. So I'm, you know, and it's funny because some advisors still push back on it and don't want to ask, you know, and I'm like, 
this is the way people do business now, don't you? I mean, when you go look for a mechanic or you go look for someone who's going to, I just had my screen porch replaced, right? Like you go look at the reviews to see what people are saying if you don't have a personal recommendation first. And so they're really imperative. And I mean, it's just that why not take advantage of it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, anybody, we all do it for everything. You're going to go out to dinner. You're not going to go somewhere that has three stars, right? Like, that's not for me. I'm not, I don't want to go there. Right? No. Yeah. Well, Dan, thank you so much for all this great information. I cannot wait to share it with everybody. And well, we're going to share it with everybody because you are the one who edits these things and makes them you know, great for my audience. So why don't you, before we go, let us know where we can find you in case we need your services. Yeah, you uh, can find me on our website at orangelinemg.com. Uh, Orange Line Media Group is the name of the business. Uh, we named it after the subway line that we took back and forth to office when we got our office in Philly over and over again, and we couldn't figure out what the name was going to be. We wanted it to be Philly-centric. So for those of you who are asking, why is it Orange Line? That's why. <laughs> Um, but if you are a small business and you're looking to get yourself found online, you need content or, you know, you already have a website that's awesome and you want to market it, give us a call. We can help you. Thank you so much, Dan. That's really cool. I'm glad you told me that story. See, people, do you see what he did there? That was a great little marketing move, telling the backstory about the firm name. People love that shit. They eat it up. So, um, Guys, Dan is the reason this podcast exists. So if you enjoyed it, please reach out to him and let him know how amazing he's doing. And I know that I need to uh, express my appreciation a little bit more too. We, you know, things get so busy. So let me tell you now that I appreciate everything that you've done for us in the podcast is really become a joy to do these. Um, it's really been a great revenue generator and on top of just getting me to like get out there and talk to other people. So you've made it all possible. I thank you so much. And to our listeners, let me remind you, please lift heavy, invest often and market your ass off. Okay, guys. Thanks for listening to Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper. To learn more about Olivia and how her firm Lexicon Content Development can help you visit lexiconcontentdevelopment.com. If you want to reach out to Olivia on LinkedIn, you can find her at Olivia Looper Lexicon. And if you'd like to follow Olivia on Instagram, you can find her at Lexicon Content Development. Till next time.